Um, we promised to pray for new projects. And uh, I was waiting on the Lord about this new project thing. Because the majority of us think a new project means you've got a tender from the government, therefore you're beginning a new project. Some of you think a new project means you are planning to get license from the city council, so that is going to be a new project you are beginning. But as I waited on the Lord, the Lord spoke to me very clearly. He told me to go to his word and see what he means by projects. And without being so theological and being biblical, because this is a miracle service, we need to understand a few things. Number one, when you look at the men and women of the Bible who made the real difference, there is a pattern they followed to make things happen. Abraham did not just watch his boy getting married just like that. He handled it like a project. Isaac did not just watch his son Jacob marrying like that. He watched it and operated it like a project. And when God was instituting priesthood in Israel, when God was even instituting kingship in Israel, when God was even instituting salvation on earth, he followed a certain pattern. This is the pattern I want us to look at this evening. So that in summary, wherever you are, whether you are a child or a student or a young couple or an old couple, a businessman or a ministry man, wherever you are in life, you may understand the procedures God follows before instituting real impact on earth. Because some marriages are bound to fail, not because the people in that marriage have a bad heart, but because there are things that have been neglected. Some careers may never reach to the top because some few principles or procedures have been neglected. To open us up, we'll go to the most unlikely places, Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24. We'll go to the most unlikely places. Proverbs 24, verse 27. I want to look at what makes success to succeed. Call it the subject for today. What makes success to succeed? Proverbs 24, verse 27. Are you there? We'll read. Uh, King James Version, authorized to be read in churches, including Washington, D.C. Hmm? Prepare thy work without, and make it fit for thyself in the field. And afterwards, build thine house. In, King, in uh, NIV, you can throw it up in NIV, if you can, NIV. Finish your outdoor work. Wow, that is NIV. Finish your outdoor work and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. As usual, let's run through the Bible briefly. There were two kings. One succeeded, the other did not. One made it, the other did not make it. One started well and finished poorly. The other started well and finished perfectly. Remember, all these people were anointed by God. So the anointing was not the issue. By the way, all these people were anointed by God through the same man. One made it, the other 
did not matter. Oh, by the way, all of them were ruling in the same locality. So geography was not the issue. The issue was preparation. I'm talking about Saul and David. Saul and David were anointed by the same prophet. What was his name? Samuel. Saul and David, all of them ruled in the same geography. What was their geographical uh, jurisdiction? The land of Israel. But one made it. The other did not make it. We want to ask ourselves why as we introduce our subject. Why did Saul make it? I mean, did David make it and Saul did not make it? Allow me to run with you briefly to two indicators. In 1 Samuel chapter, in 1 Samuel, we go to chapter 13, verse 2. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 2. The Bible says, Saul chose him 3,000 men of Israel, whereof 2,000 were with Saul in Michmash and in Mount Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan in Gibeah of Benjamin, and the rest of the people he sent every man to his tent. So this man, beginning with his priority, the Lord is not choosing for him. He is the one choosing. When you look at David, whom we shall look at shortly, David is allowing the Lord to choose for him, while for Saul, it is him choosing. So for success to be successful, a man must give leadership to the Lord. He must give lordship to the Lord. He must allow the Lord to choose for him. Or if you choose for yourself, as our brother likes to tell us, you will maintain what you choose by your own means or by your own grace. So Saul went choosing. And let, let's, let's rub it a little bit. When you look at chapter 14, chapter 14 of the same first Samuel, verse 52, and there was, there, was so war, there was so war against the Philistines all the days of Saul. And when Saul saw any strong man or any valiant man, he took him unto him. So this man was a scout. This man was a trial and error guy. This guy was like a vendor. Anything that was available, he went grabbing. So according to the leadership of Saul, a man must choose. According to the leadership of Saul, whoever is available must be chosen. Whoever is available might, must be grabbed. As a result, from day one, Saul was a loser. Remember, he has the anointing. Remember, he has a holy anointing. Remember, even as our brother likes to tell us, he had a personal prophet speaking over him. But because he was not careful to do what we have read in Proverbs 24, uh, verse 27, he was not careful in how he arranged his work. The man ended up being a failure. So number one thing you must do before you go far with success, you must let the Lord help you in decision making. Praise the Lord. I watched another man of God build a ministry. And I noticed a trend. This was the trend. Whoever looked rich, whoever looked smart, 
whoever looked educated immediately joined his leadership. Whoever looked serious with life joined his leadership. And one time this man of God went traveling somewhere where a friend of mine was also visiting. And he looked at my friend and my friend is handsome, he's strong, he's, he's, he's okay. This man who looks okay. Then he went to my friend and he told him, where do you stay? Oh, I stay this, this and this place. Ah, that is near my church. Can you consider joining us? And by the way, I will make you a leader. I did not have to prophesy but I just said, there goes Saul, the son of Kish. Remember, the Lord does not force you to be David. You can be Saul if you want. And how many marriages are on their way to destruction? Not because the people do not love each other. Not because the people do not know psychology or any kind of good manners of relationships. But because the people weren't choosing. The people weren't selecting. The people weren't deciding for themselves. So Saul is taking a journey around Israel. Anybody who looks like he got it was part of his leadership team from that moment. Sometimes we can be busy prophesying to you, telling you the Lord will make you great, but we need to tell you the truth. The truth is this. If your team is not okay, your destination will not be okay. One of the reasons any Christian who is serious should avoid, should avoid embarrassing places and embarrassing relationships is because your company will always determine your destiny. You hang around with losers. Soon you just realize you are becoming a loser. You hang around with people who have no fear of God. Soon, you begin to mock God in your heart. Saul went choosing. And before he knew it, he had lost his call. He had lost his value. But another thing Saul did that was wrong. The Bible says in the same chapter 13, which we have read verse 2, there were three companies. Saul is with one company, Jonathan is with another company, and the people are also on their own. There is something I was telling one of the leaders in this church. That leaders need to be men of muscles. Men who grip the team. Men who grip the show. Yes, God is in charge, but when he gives you the responsibility, you must play it well. Do not let everything to be loose and to be scattered. Make sure everything has a central reporting place. And I was telling this leader, some men pray, Oh, Jesus, you are the head of this house. According to the Bible, the man is the head of the house. Jesus, you are the head. Jesus tells you, no, me, I'm the head of the church. In your house, you are the head. So when Jesus is dead, and you are also dead, and soon your wife is dead, there will be a problem. Saul, the Bible says, and I read now, Saul chose him 3,000 in his men of Israel, 2,000 in Mount Bethel, 1,000 were with Jonathan, and the rest were on his own. Where are you going as a leader? 
Where are you going as a man who wants a success? You are this side, the sun is on that side, and the rest are on the other side, wherever they want to go. It will not happen that way. Tell your neighbor, be strong. Be firm. Be decisive. You know, today we have parents who even choose, who tell the children, choose the school you want to go to. Hmm. And which, which cloth do you want to wear? Wear the one you want. No. A parent must be a parent. A parent must not be pleasing. He must be right. He must be, he must be resolute. He must be decisive. I am paying the school fees. So allow me to choose that school as I choose with the Lord. I am the parent. Are you hearing me? God is doing a project. The project is called leadership in Israel. The project is called, it is called, it is called what? The project is called kingship. Nobody has ever done it in Israel. God is doing it for the first time. And the man he allows to be in charge of the project. The man begins to waver. The man begins to be scattered. The man begins to subject Decisions to the wrong, the wrong person, the wrong place. And soon there is division. When you read the next chapter, Saul is abusing his son. You son of a foolish woman. Read the next chapter if you have time. When you delegate to the wrong person, soon there will be contempt. Englishmen say familiarity breeds contempt. We want success to succeed, but there will be a cost. The cost will require the leader to be firm. The cost will require the parent to be a parent. The cost will require the man of the vision to own the vision. Now we look at our favorite boy, our man called David. Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 11, and we read. 1 Chronicles chapter 11. The Bible says, Then all Israel gathered themselves to David and to Hebron. Previously, a man is looking for people. Now in this next chapter, people are looking for a man. Are you hearing that? Previously, a man is looking for people. He is scouting for people. He is looking for the backup. He is looking for support. But now, support is looking for him. The people gathered to themselves to David and Abram, saying, Behold, we are thy bone and thy flesh. Verse 2. And moreover, in time past, even when Saul was king, thou wast he that leadest out and broughtest in Israel, and the Lord thy God said unto thee, Thou shalt feed my people Israel, and thou shalt be ruler over my people Israel. Before people could own this vision and read it to this man like the Bible itself, there was a price David paid. Tell your neighbor there was a price. This was the price. The price is one, three, thirteen. Thirteen years have gone, this man is waiting. Thirteen years have passed, this man is waiting. 
One of the problems Christians have is the issue of patience. Yes, there is a prophetic promise over your life, but are you patient? Yes, the Lord is calling you to prayer, but are you patient in prayer? Yet the Lord is calling you to a beautiful marriage, but are you patient in waiting? Before people can come to David, David has come to God and waited and waited and waited. By the time David is done with waiting, the people have to wake up and go to him. People don't just go to a man who is impatient. People go to a man they can trust. People go to a man they can predict. One of the best ways to predict a man is to check his patience. And those of you who are making decisions about who to do business with, who even to commit to in marriage, number one thing, check is patient. Is the person, is the, is the lady or the man or the people, are they patient? Because if a man cannot be patient, that man cannot last. David is patient. Number two, the people are coming to a man anointed greatly by God. They are coming to a warrior with skills and with fame. But remember, they are not only coming, they are able to speak to this man. So number two, are you approachable? Are you hearing me? Are you approachable? Today it is hard to approach men when they are anointed. It is hard to say, hey, excuse me, man of God. Remember, how did people used to approach Jesus? Did they used to write an appointment letter? Did they used to book appointment? Did they used to kneel down and say, Igwe, Jesus, thou son of David, you should be king. Give me two minutes. Did they used to do that? Some of them could just scream, hey, son of David, hey, hey. <laughs> and the disciples one time wanted even to chase the children away. Oh, another thing today, when men are anointed, children cannot slap them and play with them. You know, some of you think when children came to Jesus, they were kneeling down and singing hymns. They were simply children. Oh, some of you think it is the Jesus of history. No, he is God himself. God is walking on planet earth and children are grabbing him by the whatever they can get. Those who could reach here could only grab here. Those who could reach here could only reach here. Those who could grab here could grab here. Those who are tall enough could grab here. And watch one of his disciples who used to nap on his chest. That was a chaotic leadership. But it is the best definition of approach. Being approachable. Being accessible. People come to David and they begin to tell him his life. You received a prophecy and by the way, we are hearing, this is the prophecy. And they now tell him, according to this prophecy, we are demanding as the people, you do one, two, three. Number one thing you are going to do, you are going to lead us. David was so anointed. This man could not lose a battle. This man was so fierce, but he was still approachable. Ask your neighbor, neighbor, are you approachable? Let him give you an answer.
Alléluia. When children can reach, can reach a man, when children can play with a man, when children can even spit on a man, when children can slap a man, because they find this man approachable, this is the sign. God in heaven can reach such a man. Between Jesus and his disciples, who had a greater access to the Father? Jesus. Between David and Saul, who had more access to heaven? David. People reaching you sometimes is an, is an indication of God reaching you. Now, I know some of you, you have different personalities. Some of you don't just like jokes, like so-and-so. Some of you, you know, you don't just like nonsense around you. But please, please, take life easy. Breathe. The greatest men who walked in history were easy. One of them was Jesus. He was easy. Children could come and fly on him. You know, today I was watching pastor. He was praying for a certain boy whose name I want to mention. And the boy just kept diving under and coming. And I'm like, hey, Jesus. Hey, Jesus. And I was like, does this boy know this is the office of the man of God? And the boy was simply being a boy. And he even made a roadside declaration. After you have prayed, I will pray. Then he was told, now I've prayed, pray. No, I don't want to pray. Children don't care. I remember one president of the United States, his son walked in when he was having a cabinet meeting, went straight to his laps and tell him, Daddy, give me your phone, I want to use it. And the people are like, security, where are you? And others were like, this boy should be plucked out. Then the dad said, excuse me, this is the White House where I stay. To this boy, there is no office, there is no home, this is daddy, and this is my parent. I can approach him the way I want. Ladies, listen to me. Watch the men you love, especially you young ladies. Watch the men you love, how the children behave around them. Because a good man, I mean a bad man cannot make a good husband. Is it true? And how do we know a man is good? A man is good with children. Because a man is a leader, first of all, to children. Before you lead the nation, you must lead the children. Hallelujah. David was approachable. Verse, uh, chapter 12 of the same Chronicles, verse 22. For at that, chapter 12 of the first Chronicles, verse 2, for at that time, day by day, there came to David to help him until it was a great host, like the host of God. I repeat, First Chronicles chapter 12, verse, two, verse 22. For at that time, day by day, there came to David to help him until it was a great host, like the host of God. One man is busy helping himself. Another is busy being helped by God. One man is busy looking for the help. Another help is busy looking for. 
And sometimes, let me tell you something, fellow Nairobians. Let's talk like Nairobians, okay? Fellow Nairobians. Sometimes you may look at quick success and think, before heaven it matters. But heaven does not look at quick success. Heaven looks at the eternal success, at the long-lasting success. There is success, but our question is one, how long is how long in that success? And the Bible says in uh, the book of Psalms, do not envy the hidden. They will sprout like grass, but by noonday they have withered. Why? Their methods are self-destructive. Oh God, he's gotten a job, he has a car. Oh God, he has this, he has that. Even me, I want to do like him. You want to do like him, then last like him. If you do like them, you will last like them. Their lifespan is mostly months, at most few years. But us, we have not just been called for generations. We have been called for eternity. Therefore, we cannot equalize ourselves with heathens, with men and women who do not care about tomorrow. Their ladies provided there's a man in the house. They don't care. They want a man in the house. So whether that man will be there for two weeks or two months is none of their business. Them, they want a man in the house. According to God, prepare your work. And preparation takes time. Prepare your work outside. Make sure the field work is done. Then come in and build the house. Two quick ones as I prepare to conclude. There was... The tent, and I was sharing with one of my friends in this place, there was a tent and then there was the altar. The tabernacle in the Old Testament was divided into those two major categories, the tent and the altar. The tent is where anybody who had legs could walk in and mingle and clap their hands and shed tears or laugh or greet or pray or read. But the altar was different. Nobody could just walk in to the altar. The tent was for the people's need, while the altar was for God's needs. The tent was the place for the population and the public, while the altar was a private place, a personal affair. As long as these two places were separated, as long as these two places were properly understood, there was always success in the Old Testament of Israel. Today, we have forgotten the reality of the tent and the altar. We want to mix public with the private. We want to mix uh, our village with our bedroom. We want to mix what is not, is not for uh, private consumption. We want to take it to the public and vice versa. No wonder there is so much disorder and so much defeat in the lives of the people of God. There is what concerns the public. Take it there to the public. There is what concerns you privately. Make sure it is private. So only two categories of people will come to the altar. The rest of the people stayed outside in the tent. The men who could make it to this altar were called the Levites and the priests. Meaning, only those who had separated themselves for God and had also been separated by God could make it to the inner places. My brother, my sister, there are places in your destiny only those meant for the altar can walk with you. 
The altar is not about the titles, apostle, prophet, singer. The altar is about who was who when it came to the most private issues of your life. The altar is about who was meant to be with you in the most intimate of details. These are the people you walk with closely. These are the ones you can even call prayer partners. But today, people want to be popular. You want to be a friend to everybody. You want to visit everybody and be visited by everybody. You want to embrace everybody and be embraced by everybody. No. According to the, New, the Old Testament, there was the tent which was for the public and there was the altar. Never was there glory in the tent. Glory was only in the altar. There are victories you don't share with the public. They remain the altar's victories. There are plans you don't share with the tent. You share them only with the altar. Praise the Lord. As long as that order was kept, glory never departed from Israel. This was so strict till they were told, now, take it a step further. There are tribes and nations from where you shall not even do business, live alone, get married. As long as their kings kept those rules, nothing went wrong. But the day some people like Solomon, who thought they were too wise and too anointed, went and picked women from Egypt and brought to the, to the, to the, to the tent of Israel and married them there. Their wisdom could not help them. Their anointing could not help them. Success succeeds when people learn to separate the tent and the altar. Finally, there's a story we find in, not a story, there is an illustration we find in second, no, is it? Not second. There's no second or first. It is just Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, as we finish. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. We are looking at verse 8 to verse 16. Colossians chapter 2 from verse 8. We read, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, underline the word in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Let's go, not go far. Let's stop there a bit. If there is in him, then there is also out of him. Sindio. If there is in him, there is out of him. The Bible gives us a beautiful promise that some people have gone quoting and claiming and nothing worked. Why? People say, I am complete. I am complete. And they quote Colossians chapter 2 verse 10. But the Bible says you are complete provided you are in him, not out of him. Let me run you before we close. We began by saying two kings were there in Israel. One succeeded, another, another did what? Another failed. One made it, the other did not make it. 
The one who did not make it, we saw very well, he went choosing people for himself. He went scouting, he went talent hunting, and soon he came to nothing. Okay? Another thing he did wrong, he was not strong as a leader. He went telling everybody to do the way they wanted. So his son was in this group, uh, the people in that group, and him he was in this group. As a result, he did not exercise authority. Number one, do not choose things, do not choose people, do not choose industries, do not choose investments for yourself. Let the Lord choose for you. Number two, do not be careless with authority. When God gives you authority, make sure you exercise it properly. Praise the Lord. Then we looked at David. To run you again, before we, we come to this conclusion, we looked at David, how much the son of Jesse was very, very patient. For 13 years, because he was anointed when he was 17, and he began to reign at 30. So for 13 years, he was just waiting like a joker. Waiting, waiting, waiting. When the waiting was ripe, people looked for him. Help looked for him. Resources looked for him. Opportunities looked for him. And we said, for success to be successful in your life, you must learn how to be patient. Pastor Kimani, there are people who started, like I was telling you when we met with Joe, there are people who started this thing like a marathon. Chua! Not marathon, what do you call it? Sprint. Chua! 100 meters. And we thought, oh God, there goes the next young man God is lifting. Oh, oh, after two Sundays, two meetings, they collapsed. Another began like David Rudisha. And after 400 meters we thought, there goes the next big thing. 400 meters can equal to four weeks or five weeks. After that, ah, they are no more. But there's another group. Steady but what? Sure. Wapi Makofi are veterans. Steady but sure. Makofi Tenakwa veterans. Steady but sure. These ones, they may not look like they have all the testimonies, testimonies in town, but soon they reach the tape and they are not collapsing. They are still high-fiving because they are ready. Should they be told to repeat it again, they will repeat it again. David was patient. Young people, let us learn to be patient. Young people, let us learn to wait on the Lord. Oh, Lord, give me a wife, or oh, Lord, give me a husband. And you think in two months, you will get what you will live with for 60 years. Hi, Chineke. Surely. What will benefit you in the long run must cost you also in the long run. Good things take time. David was patient. His patience brought him help from unknown quarters. But again, we say David was a pro, approachable. So do not be stingy. Do not be tight. Do not be religious. Do not be unapproachable. Do not be too perfect. I was watching a movie, and there were two sisters. They were twins. And one introduced the twin like, this is my twin sister. By the way, she's perfect. And the boy who was planning to now date this girl just said, hey, I don't date perfect people because perfect people don't need no people. Be easy. Tell your neighbor, be easy. You are a Christian, but you are human. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now we are going to the final thing, which I love. 
being complete in Christ. The promise is very simple. You are complete, but in him. Meaning, out of him, you are not complete. Out of him, you are not favored. Out of him, anything you call good cannot happen for you. How can we be assured that we are in him? Because the issue of being complete is already promised. But being in him is not a guarantee. Because we have legs that can walk out and legs that can walk in. Have you heard this wamamas? Mostly wamamas who keep saying, Leo nitaka wakovu chini. Leo nitaka wakovu chini. Some even say with their mouths, oh God forgive our women. Leo nitaka yesu chini. Hmm. And by the way, do you think those are empty words? Those are strong words from people who know what they are saying. Nitaeka yesu chini. Na kwele wanamuakanga chini. By the time they are done with their lesson and their highlights, and the way they roll their heads, you are ready to rebuke the spirit of a serpent. God punish the devil. My brothers, we want to pray for projects. But these projects must be in him, not out of him. And I had a man praying, Lord, not my will, not my will. That was led of the spirit. But let's now explain it a bit. It is true you have a will, but he also has a will. It is true you have your own timing, but he also has his own timing. If your project is to succeed, it must enter in him and remain in him. Let me warn you girls. The Lord keeps telling me about the girls. Let me warn you. If you go choosing, choosing, hmm? like Saul, you go choosing, choosing. You're choosing your spouse, you're choosing this, you're choosing even your clothes the way you want it. Then you come to the altar and say, Lord, I am in Christ and I am complete. Yet in the most simple things, you do not incorporate him. You will be on your own. And though you ask for favor, favor may never manifest. Though you ask for success and speed, the speed may not work out. Brother John. One of the reasons why our brother David was such a psalmist, such a singer, such a worshiper, is because having negotiated his position with God, he didn't need to pray a lot. He just needed to confess, Lord, you are my shepherd. But meanwhile, though you are my shepherd, I am a sheep. I am not a goat. <laughs> though you are my shepherd, I don't go eating chapatis. I go eating grass when you say I eat grass. Before you can be a good worshiper, you must be a man who is in the zone of God. In the perfect place. We are in Christ. That is where our success is. But it will cost you to be in Christ. Because outside there, there are options. Some of which are so easy, you don't even need to pray about. And a man of God warned me, pastor. He was an apostle. We were sitting down with him. He told me, hey, young man. And he saw in the spirit. He told me you are not married. Yeah? I told him yes. But I want to tell you something, young man. The Bible says he who finds a what? A wife. Finds a good 
thing. He told me, it is not he who finds a woman. It is he who finds a wife. Then he told me, now let's do our English. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Meaning, he who finds a woman finds a bad thing. And he told me, open your eyes, young man. Look around. And we looked around with him. How many women do you see? I said, wow, many. How many of them are beautiful? Like that one, that one. And we counted. We are just boys having a boy talk. Permit me to be a boy. I said, that one is beautiful. Mm. In fact, you know where we were. You know, you know. Then, then he told me now, like that one is a model. Beautiful, pretty, anointed, name it. All the adjectives that are good were on that girl. But he told me, till God says she is your wife, she is a woman. Therefore, she is a bad thing. Makofi, you apostle. And I'm not here to throw stones. Huh? I live in a glass house. So when I'm doing my project, and I want you to be as vivid as I'm trying to be. When I'm doing my project of walking to the altar, I should have done my work out there and made sure that I am in him. Or else, though I march to the altar, and maybe him and the rest, including him and the rest, lay hands on me, they will be laying hands on a man who is outside. Before you march, have you gathered your work outside? Remember Proverbs 24, verse 27. Have you done your work? And maybe on this marriage thing, now that you made the roadside declaration about next year, you said there will be many marriages here. Let's talk to our people. Now, on this marriage thing, remember, remember, there are things you don't do inside the marriage. You do them outside. There are choices you make outside. You don't say, Father, give, show me your perfect will. Meanwhile, you are inside. No. The Bible says, do your work outside. Then you finish it inside. Now that pronouncement has been made that next year, this will be traffic. Next Sunday, another one. Next Sunday, another one. Now that there will be traffic here, do not be caught up. Walk blamelessly by making sure your work outside is properly done. My brother, before we lay hands on projects this evening, we want to ask the people, are you sure it is in him? Are you sure it is in him? Not all business opportunities are to be entered into. By the way, not all believers who say, praise the Lord, are your intimate brother and intimate sister. There is brothers in general, but there is that one brother, that one sister. Finally, before we pray and do ministry, you are here and you know very well. In the past, you have guided yourself in choices. You have been known to go with what you see and what you hear, not what the Spirit of God says. Before we minister today, praying over projects, and let me be clear, before the prophetic team joins me, let me be clear. We are not going to pray over just businesses. 
Marriage is a project, is it? Yes. Marriage is a project. Ministry is a project. A journey out of the country, if it is to be done to excellence and to, to the glory of the Lord Jesus, it is also a project. A new season of your life where you just want the Lord to elevate you, it is a what? A project. But some of you, before we go there, you have already entered the wrong foot in the wrong place. And some of you, you are facing consequences already as you are talking. You weren't loving the wrong person. You weren't visiting the wrong place. You weren't committing in a wrong investment. This is your evening. Before we begin ministry, you come before the Lord and you repent. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich and added no sorrow. So where there is unnecessary sorrow, we need to ask ourselves, who did what? And as we ask the Lord those questions, as we repent, the Lord will begin to show us mercy and show us grace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The Lord is saying to several young people, those of you already in relationships and you have no witness from heaven, till you hear a witness, go slow. And where you feel demanded of the Lord, cut links, put things on hold. Because soon and very soon, the pressure will become too much to commit and you are not made of wood. You will succumb. Some of you are in relationships and heaven has never told you anything. You are just in them because it is an opportunity that came by. Maybe you like the guy, you like the girl, but you are not sure. Go slow. If you are bold enough and you want to please the Lord, tell even the person, the Lord has not spoken to me. So till he speaks, can we go orange, not green? And if possible, can we go red and stop? Why? Good can be the enemy of the best. As the music is coming along, let the prophetic team come up. Let the prophetic team come up. And today we are doing it different. Even the Spouses of the prophetic team are coming up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. A few remarks. Prophetic team. Before we go prophetic, hearing from the Spirit, let's also just be simple. How many have projects that needs to be prayed over? I'm seeing children also with projects. Wow. You have projects. Wow. Almost the whole church. How many have a very, very, very urgent project, like urgent? <laughs> Are you copying the pastor or what? <laughs> but we have agreed eh? we have agreed on the rules eh? you don't guide your yourself are you ready music team 